Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You'll learn money is not your security. God's our security. And you'll see that in the teaching. Well, look at verse 7. Now, why does Paul say it isn't about stuff? For he brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Now, look at me. We brought nothing in the world, we can take nothing out of it. Every single person understands that. But we don't live like it. Cognitive dissonance is the situation when someone holds two contradictory ideas at the same time. In the back of our minds, everyone knows that they're going to die and taking nothing with them. At the same time, many of us spend a lot of time accumulating stuff, knowing we're going to leave it all behind. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the importance of using our money and resources to serve God and us, rather than our seeking to acquire more and bigger whatevers. (laughs) We need to learn to place the proper importance on money and things and use them to further God's kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 with his continuing series called Free to Live as God Intended. Have you learned to be content in every circumstance? Anybody want to raise their hand? I'll challenge you in an instant. No, sometimes I'm not content. Uh, when electricity went out, were you content? One afternoon it came back on. And my wife and I went, praise God! It's fantastic! Wow! And we put all the, our lights away, our flashlights away, and one minute later it went out. That's a true story. What are you doing, God? Don't laugh at me. You're exactly the same. Paul says, no, it's not that I'm not in need or whatever. I've learned to be content with whatever. Notice he says this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Wow. I haven't got there, but I'm working toward it. Think of that. Contentment is an internal thing. It doesn't come from money and stuff. You'll learn many people falsely believe this, that money brings security in their life. Now, if you watch that storm, did it come down the streets and go, there's a multimillionaire, I won't touch him. We'll go to this one here. No, it just came down the streets. And you'll learn money is not your security. God's our security. And you'll see that in the teaching. Well, look at verse 7. 
Now, why does Paul say it isn't about stuff? For he brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Now, look at me. We brought nothing in the world, we can take nothing out of it. Every single person understands that. But we don't live like it. We don't live like it. We know that. How stupid could we be? But we simply don't live like it. Here's somebody that forgot that principle. And it's true for all of us. Prince. I thought this was so interesting when I saw the article come out. Because this is written by a secular magazine. Look what it says. Prince, say these next two words with me. Left. Oh, they know biblical principles. He left behind 25 million in real estate. Huge amount of cash. We don't know how much. 67 gold bars. How much did he leave behind? All of it. All of it. The key word that you just read from Paul is nada, zero, not one thing. When we leave this earth, we simply leave with nothing. If you were a dad and you went to your, in those days, maybe they still allow it, you go to the hospital and watch your wife deliver your firstborn or whatever. You're there and you work with her with all the exercises and stuff like that. And you're there and she's in pain and she holds your hand and squeezes it like a 500 pound guy. (laughs) It's pain. It's like crazy. And you watch that baby come out. You're so excited. And that baby came out all dressed with a shopping bag. (laughs) They take you down to the psych ward. Now, how does the baby come out? Baby comes out naked and empty-handed. How are we going to die? Say it with me. It's okay. You're naked every day. What's the problem? We're going to die naked and empty-handed. So why do I worry so much about my wealth? Because I'm taking how much with me? None. Well, the whole principle is to learn to control money. So I can send treasure to heaven. See, I can't take anything with me. But I can send things that last forever to heaven. What lasts forever? People. That's it. Nothing else you have. Don't care about your warranty. It doesn't last forever. So when we look at this, understand. Jesus gave us one of those illustrations. One of the 38, 16 of them had to do with money. Remember the rich man? Build more barns, more barns, more barns, more barns. Look what he says, Jesus. But God said to him, you wise investor, you. No, seriously, look at what Jesus said to him. You fool. That's why we're offering this course. You fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have A rich relationship with God. Some of you don't have that relationship with God. I'm glad you're at church. But there comes a time that you have to make a decision to get rid of the bondage of sin in your life and follow him. Men, the rest of us are followers of Christ. But we put too much stuff 
on storing up earthly wealth. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a retirement and 401ks and all those kind of things. Of course, you, that's how you learn in this course. Glenn and I took this course, and we learned so much, not about the debt part, uh, and I've told you that before, but I'll explain more next week. Lynn and I have never been in debt one day in our whole life. And that's because we learned from our parents how to tithe and how to give to God. We, ha- we were, didn't come from rich home at all. Both of us came from very average homes, sometimes actually less than average. And so you'll see later, I went to college and I did a college in town. I had to borrow money from my dad to get a car to do that. I paid for my college by working through it. But we've never been in debt because we learned the principles I'm going to tell you this week. Now, notice what he says. It isn't just bad to store up worth of wealth. But if you do that with no change in your spiritual life, then you're not a wise investor. You're actually a fool. Because the greatest thing you have is your soul. Where is it going to spend eternity? Then Paul says this. Look at verse 8. But if we have food and clothing, we will be with content with that. Paul learned. He means by that food and water, clothes and shelter. Let me ask you a question. How many people on the islands in Puerto Rico and Mexico would be content today with food, water, clothes and shelter? Every single one of them. See, that's back to the necessities of life that we can survive with. But the Bible isn't against stuff. Remember, the Bible tells us that God gives us all things so we can richly, interesting word, richly enjoy them, enjoy people, enjoy all the stuff, enjoy the blessings of God that God has given us. But long term, I have to have a look toward eternity. What's really happening in my life? Now, Second Peter says this. By God's divine power, he has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him. So when I came to Christ, he will supply what I need physically, emotionally, spiritually in my life. And food, water, clothing, bread. He knows what I need. He'll supply that. He guarantees to supply all of that stuff. Sometimes I might be a little hungry. Sometimes I maybe have lots. And it isn't about the amount. It's that he'll supply that. Now, the Bible's filled with illustrations of God providing what we need to live and not worrying about it. Give me an example. Israel, the children of Israel, 2 million, 3 million Jews are going through the, the wilderness for 40 years. Did God provide food for them? How often did God provide food for them? Six days a week. Every morning they came out and food was there. Six days a week. For 40 years. How about their clothes and their shoes? Did they get them from China? (laughs) The reason I know that they didn't get them from China? Because they lasted 40 years. Don't laugh at me. Four oh years. Same outfit, ladies. Sorry. You saw the video. It's okay. Nails not done for 40 years. Shoes that didn't wear out for 40 years. How did God do that? Because he knows how to provide for his kids. Elijah was told by God... Go to the brook and wait there for me. Well, 
he went to the brook. He's trying to think, okay, I don't have a fishing rod. What am I going to do? And God sent birds, the ravens, to feed him the whole time he was there. Now think about this. God knows how to provide for us in spiritual, emotional, physical, financial ways. He just simply knows how to do it. Think about Abraham. Abraham called God his provider. Now that really started when Abraham was going to go sacrifice his son Isaac, as God said. Let me read it to you. So Abraham called the place where he was going and God provided an animal. The Lord will provide. And to this day it said on that mountain, the Lord did provide. We call that in the original language, Jehovah Jireh. Say it with me. Jehovah Jireh. You know what that means? The Lord who provides. Would you turn to your neighbor and say this morning, God is my provider. Come on. God is my provider. Now, you don't want to just say that. You want to believe it. How did you get where you're at? Because God had a good plan for you. He's provided for you. He's still providing for us. That's why we're going to help in some of the difficult areas of the world today. We're doing that all along. Now, look at verse 9. Here's where we begin to see the bondage of spirituality of money. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that actually plunge men into ruin and destruction. So here's what you want to write. Wanting to get rich, that desire brings the bondage of get and debt. That is where our problem comes. See, our world system is designed by Satan with greedy consumerism that tells us no life does consist of more. The more you have, the more life you are. No, that is not true. Remember, we have a famous saying. Finish it with me. He who dies with the most. Let me try it again. He who dies with the most wins. I knew you were secular. You're just afraid to say it. How many heard that statement before? He who dies with the most toys wins. Is it true? No, because when you die, how do you leave? Empty-handed. Empty-handed. You see, but we're, we're, we're bought into with advertising. No more is better. Better, 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 better. I remember when a phone was $100. You see the price of the new Apple phone? It's $1,000. You think that's going to sell in India? Few people. You see, for most people, they believe that Well, success is built on the accumulation of wealth and possessions. That principle is behind credit cards and debt. And that's why the advertising agency is hammering our minds every day. Every day. Get, get, get. Their goal is desire for us to have more stuff. The sequence sounds like this. I see it. I like it. I desire it. I got to have it. So I take my credit card out and I get it. The banks want you to have credit cards. Our business world wants you to have credit cards. Because when you have credit cards, most of you will go into 
few of you got it right. We'll go into debt. Now, that's where debt and get are directly connected. The credit card, if not used properly, is the worst enemy of individuals and families. If used properly, it's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong to have a credit card. I know Dave Ramsey would say, well, you'd better just get a debit card. That's fine, too. How many remember that if you mishandled dollars and cents before there were, how many remember before there's no credit cards? Let's see how many remember those days. Okay, young people are like, how old are you? <laughs> remember before credit cards, if you wanted to buy something, what did you do? You had cash. If you didn't have cash, what happened? You didn't buy it. Oh, no, Pastor Mark, I wrote checks. How long did you do that when they bounced? <laughs> Maybe once. So a credit card isn't a bad thing at all. It's how you use the credit card. I used to do a lot of counseling before when I was the only pastor in this church. And I would say to young couples, we'd have a whole thing on money. Because as I said to you, money destroys more marriages than anything else. And we talk about who's going to make the decisions, how are you going to make it, whatever. And I would use this illustration. Nothing wrong with a credit card. Get a credit card. But here's what I want you to promise each other. In God, that I will pay off the credit card every single month at the end of the month. So I'm never given another charge. Can I, man? If you pay your credit card off every month, will you ever be in debt? You'll never be in debt. See, if you spend more than you make, will you be in debt? Forever. And that's what the credit card does for you. It's forever. How did 200 and some families get $6 million in debt? Not houses. This is not house debt. By using credit cards wrong. And then I said to the young couple, if you make that promise, I have one more thing I want to say to you. Okay? If you make, you pay it off every month, it's an asset to you, actually, because you're not carrying cash. It's an asset to you. If you, for three months in a row, don't pay it off, I want you to get scissors out together and you cut your credit card up because you, at this point, can't handle credit cards. Can I hear an amen? And the debt that you've got there, that'll be the end of it. You pay it off, don't get a credit card. I didn't tell them how long, but until you can handle it, don't get one. But see, that's what we have. If I went through this room this morning, you would be shocked. How many people have two, three, four, five credit cards? And how many of you are in debt? See, financial debt is bondage. Because you can't live like you want to live. You can't do the things you want to do because of that. Now, watch what verse 10 says. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, notice Paul doesn't say, keep your lives free from money. Hello, how are you going to do that? You can't live. He says, no, keep it from the love of money. See, money in itself is not the problem. Money is neutral. It's neutral. It isn't bad or good. It's necessary. That's how we live. But the love of money is very different. That is the problem. Do you know that a homeless person can still have the love of money? Do you know that rich people who are incredibly rich, blessed by God, they may not love money at all because I've known many of them. They're just generous with people. 
So see, it isn't about where you're at. It's about our heart. So we're warned to keep our lives free from the love of money. Again, nothing wrong with having money. That's how we live. Let me give you an illustration because sometimes you guys forget what it's like. Let me show you how important money is. Not only for you and your family. That's the way God did it. All right, Jesus, he comes to earth as a man. He gets 12 guys. And for three years, they go through and do ministry all over Israel, up north, down south, whatever. Now, let me ask you a question. How did they do that? None of them worked. They worked in ministry. They didn't, work, they didn't have a job. Remember the disciples who were fishermen, they gave it all up and left. So how did they work? Well, Pastor Michael, I mean, he was God's son. So I'm sure like every morning when Jesus went out, God just sent money down to him. Uh, no. Do you know how they managed? Oh, here's how. When we were in Israel just a couple weeks ago, we went to a new spot on the Sea of Galilee. It's fantastic. And they've unearthed another synagogue that Jesus taught in on the Sea of Galilee. And it's in the town of Magna, Mary Magdalene, who was freed of her amazing demons. And she was known, and we see the history while we were there, as they've unearthed it, it's gorgeous. Jesus taught there. She was known as a rich woman who had skills. Do you know through the Bible, the Bible tells us that many people, many, mostly women, funded Jesus and the disciples' ministry. Isn't that amazing? If they were in debt in those days, who knows what would have happened? They gave generously. Jesus had close friends. Remember Lazarus, Mary, and Martha? He would go spend time at their home. They'd feed him. They'd take care of him. So the way God provided for Jesus and his ministry was from friends and people. They gave money. They were generous. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. How does God fund ministries today? How do we function? Who helps us have air conditioning? Anybody glad you had air conditioning this morning? Yeah, I noticed you weren't here when we didn't have air conditioning. I know. I'm just joking. Let me show you something. Just recently, Linda and I went to a new area of India. You know, we changed because of other issues. And I got to speak in Kathmandu, and then I got to speak in Delhi. And we had decided as a church, and I can't show you these because they're too dangerous for the people. But we're funding 21 brand new Christian Indian pastors in their little villages all around, 21 of them. And they're doing ministry. Now, why, why did we have to fund them? They don't have enough money to do ministry. It's impossible for them to do that. It's nice that in most people's situations, they have enough to live on. We, as Christ followers, are also tasked with helping to further God's kingdom by making our time, talent, and resources available to God. Pastor Mark is trying to instruct us in this matter by showing us what God's Word has to say about our proper life priorities and how to get those lined up the right way. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll continue learning what the Bible has to say about money and its proper place in our lives. Pastor Mark will be teaching us our ultimate need to rely on God for our safety and sustenance rather than on our job or bank account. We'll be hearing stories from the scriptures about how historically God provided the needs of his people time and again. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Free to Live as God Intended. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving